Go to scripture we've looked at before, 1 Samuel, 2nd chapter, 30th verse. The Lord says, For them that honor me, I will honor. And they that despise me shall be lightly esteemed. Sit out loud with me. For them that honor me, I will honor. And they that despise me shall be lightly esteemed. Let's say it out loud together. For them that honor me, I will honor. They that despise me shall be lightly esteemed. What we see is we're going to be treated the way we treat him and his things. Us, our things are going to be treated the way we treat him and his things. And this is still true today. Now I know some folks may holler, oh no, no, that's works, that's works. No, it's not. We're not talking about being saved. We're not talking about being born again. If you read this whole passage, these were the priests who got to handle the holy things of God. Being saved is not the same as being qualified to handle more of God's holy things than somebody else does. Yeah, that's good. So how does he determine who gets to handle and who gets to handle more? Well, in Mark, the fourth chapter, we've been looking at this. What is it, 24? I believe it is. It said, take heed, Jesus said, what you hear. Luke 8, 18 said, take heed how you hear. With what measure you meet, it shall be measured to you. And unto you that hear, shall more be given. What's verse 25? For he that has, to him shall be given. And he that has not, from him shall be taken even that which he has. Now, this is the parable of what we call the parable of the sower. You can call it the parable of the seed. But here and in uh, Matthew, Mark, and Luke, he talks about the sower went out and sowed the seed. And uh, the scripture said, the seed is the word, the word of God. Everybody said out loud, the seed, the seed is, is the, word of God. the word of God. And he describes how there were different results from the seed depending on what kind of ground uh, it was sown into. There was the wayside ground. There was the stony ground. There was the thorny ground. And there was the good ground. And the results or lack thereof, he's, he's showing here, is the result of how the seed was treated. How the seed was received or not received determined the results. Go with me to Matthew, the 13th chapter. Let's look at Matthew's account of this. Matthew 13. 
Like we said, this is recorded in Matthew and Mark. Matthew 13, uh, Mark 4, Luke 8. But I want us to just notice Matthew's account for right now. He said, verse uh, 18, Hear ye therefore the parable of the sower. When anyone hears the word of the kingdom and uh, understands it not, then comes the wicked one and catches away that which was sown in his heart. This is he which receives seed by the wayside. He that received the seed in stony places, the same as he hears the word, anon with joy receives it, yet has he no root in himself, but dures for a while, and when tribulation or persecution arises because of the word, by and by he's offended. He also that receives seed among the thorns is he that hears the word, care of this world, the deceitfulness of riches, choke the word, and he becomes unfruitful. But he that receives seed into the good ground, everybody say good ground, good ground. Is he that hears the word, understands it, which also bears fruit and brings forth some a hundredfold, some sixty, some thirty. The question is, why didn't they understand it, that it was so easily taken away? Why was it that there was no depth of reception, shallow reception, not understanding other things pushing out the word in your life. This is our fault. This is the person's fault. Come on, can you see this? Not giving the word, the seed of the word, the preeminent place that it should have. Hmm? I mean, if you become offended because it's not working as fast as you think it ought to, and you cast it aside, you didn't respect it enough to start with. Skip on down in this same chapter. This is the theme throughout this whole chapter. In verse 44, toward the end, summing it up, Jesus said again, the kingdom of heaven is like unto what? Treasure. 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 Now we said, them that honor me, that word honor means heavy, to, or, or to give weight to. And If something is a treasure, it's something that is worth a lot. So you give a heavy value to it. The kingdom of heaven is like unto treasure hid in a field, which when a man has found, he hides it, and for joy thereof goes and sells all that he has and buys that field. (laughs) How does this flow with the parable of the seed and sower? So he's talking about the same thing. How you treat the word is going to determine what, if any, results are in your life. Keep reading. Again, the kingdom of heaven is likened to a merchant man seeking goodly pearls, who when he had found one pearl of great price, what is that pearl of great price? Jesus slash the word. You're saying the same thing. Is that right? Because he is the word. Made flesh. And he is to be the pearl of great price. In our life. He is to be the field of treasure that you'll sell everything to get. Is that right? He is to be. And if he is not that, you'll suffer defeat after defeat. 
delusion after delusion, chasing things that are not valuable and wasting precious time, life, resources. When he found that one pearl of great price, what did he do? He went and sold all that he had and bought it. Oh, I'm so thankful by the mercy of God. The Lord helped Phyllis and I to do that. Years ago we did that. We left everything and followed him. And then he'd come up again. We'd build up something and he'd say, all right, leave that and go do this. And we left everything and followed him. We had been established in Tulsa for over 20 years. Had a good traveling ministry. We're staying busy all the time and had a little office there. Things were going good. Thoroughly enjoyed traveling. Wasn't looking to do anything else. And the Lord dealt with us to, to come up here to Branson and look around. We didn't know why. Had no thought about a church. But so we did a little bit. And then after that, we're out on the road for a couple of weeks. And the whole time we were out, we couldn't quit thinking about Branson. We just kept thinking about Branson. And we're thinking, why? We don't know anybody in Branson. It's not like we just always wanted to go to Branson. I mean, it's a great place, but you understand what I'm saying? And, 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 but when we got back, we couldn't wait to come back up here. So we're driving on highway, what is it, 44, whatever, uh, over from Tulsa to here. And we're about two-thirds of the way here. Phyllis just starts shouting. And this, this don't happen all the time. She said, I'm just so excited. I'm just so excited. I said, yeah, me too. Why? And she just shouted and praised God. We didn't know why. I'm looking at why. I'm looking at why. This meeting and these things and this church and the word supply that's come out of here and, and the church in Sarasota. But we had to leave what we had there. And we had just just got some things. We just got the house that we'd been believing God for for 20 years. Just got it. It was a miracle. We, had, we hadn't been in it hardly long enough to get the pictures on the wall. And Phyllis had always wanted a certain kind of kitchen with all the stainless steel appliances and all that stuff. Somebody came up and handed her an envelope full of cash and said, you believing for something? Here it is. And she did that kitchen. And she just got it done. And the Lord says, go. I had just got a little hanger on the airport. I told you last night about those hangers, right? I mean, that's, that's something that, you know, just got it. And the Lord said, go. Man, after we came over here and we looked and we thought, we discerned we're supposed to relocate here. We didn't know why, didn't have first thought about a church. So we're planning to do that, but I'm, I'm thinking, are we really going to do this? And I looked at the airport up here. We didn't have the new airport we have now. We had a little bitty airport. It had a cliff on both ends with rocks. And you couldn't have a hangar there. And it just wasn't a great place to, to tra- travel from all over the country. And, and I'm thinking, I, I, I'm, I'm shaving one day. And I'm thinking, thinking about this. And it took us 20 years to get to the place. And the Lord spoke to me. He said, son, do you believe I'm able to give you more than this? about what we would be leaving and I said yes sir I, greater than this I said yes sir I do 
And I, I, I'm through messing with it. Here we go. We sold the hangar. We sold our stuff. We uh, used the money we had in our aircraft. And we, we put everything we had to start it. And glory to God, the Lord has blessed. And it wasn't, uh, it wasn't, we weren't here a couple of weeks until the Lord told me to tell the staff. He said, I'm going to give you the best of Branson. Hallelujah. And he's done it. Oh, thank God. But if every time it comes up to that point, if you keep following the Lord, you're going to keep coming to these places. I said, you're going to have to keep coming to these places. Are you willing to sell it all? And get the pearl of great price. Come on, help me out. Are you willing? He sold all that he had. And he bought it. It's because knowing him, following him, doing his will is the most important thing in our lives. I'm talking for you too, right? Oh, that was weak. That was way, way too weak. Knowing him. Following him, doing his will is the most important thing in your life. Is that right? Nothing else even comes close. You will do anything. You will go anywhere. You will leave anything. You will give anything. Come on, are you with me? I think every believer knows they should do that. But a lot of folks, when it comes time to do it, they they get hung up. But if, the, if you do, you don't know what you're missing. We look back at, at the little stuff we gave up to take the first step. It would have been so pitiful to miss the plan of God, to hold on to that little junk. But when you're there, that's all you got. That's all you know. <laughs> go, please. You go. To Matthew 26 and on the screen put up for us Psalm 126 thanks be to God when the Lord turned our captivity again the captivity of Zion we were like them that dream then was our mouth filled with laughter our tongue was singing then said they among the heathen the Lord has done great things for them when the heathen are talking about how good God is to you. And they said the Lord has done. Great things for us. So we heard the Lord did some stuff. Well, you got that right. The Lord has done some amazing things for us. Whereof we are glad. We're glad. See, Can you see here. You're not hiding the good things. The Lord has done for you. I want you to say it out loud. I. Am not, am not ashamed of the gospel of, the gospel of, Jesus, Christ. of Jesus Christ. I am not ashamed. This is going to mean more to us as the night goes on. The Lord has done great things for us, whereof we are glad. Keep going. Turn again our captivity, Lord, as the streams in the south. Now, um, this is the King James. Listen to the New Living Translation. New Living says, Restore our fortunes. Lord, as streams renew the desert. Today's English version says it like this. Lord, make us prosperous again. 
restore our fortunes, make us prosperous, just like the rain brings water back to the dry riverbeds. (laughs) Hallelujah. Have you been a little dry in the financial arena? Have you been a little parched money-wise, resource-wise? Wouldn't it be all right to pray a prayer right out of the Bible? Lord, make me prosperous again, just like the rain brings water back to the riverbeds. Now notice how that works, though. How does it work? Lord, make us prosperous again. There's always a a, a manward part and a Godward part to things. Verse 5. They that sow in tears. Immediately he talks about sowing. Being prosperous. Your fortunes being restored. They that sow in tears shall reap in joy. He that goes forth and weeping, doing what? Bearing precious, somebody say precious, precious Precious. seed shall doubtless, don't you like that word? Doubtless. Doubtless will come again with rejoicing, bringing his sheaves. That's harvest. That's abundant harvest with him. Hallelujah. Now, talking about precious seed... We, we've already saw this. Cain killed his brother Abel over an offering. Why would he do that? How did he get to that place? God received and respected Abel's offering. He did not receive and he did not respect Cain's offering. Why didn't he respect Cain's offering? We said, we got into it earlier this week, it's because Cain himself did not respect that offering. It's not that Abel brought God a nice sheep and God said, oh wow, a sheep, I always wanted a sheep. But it was because that sheep meant something to Abel. God is so great He's so powerful. He's so rich. He's the creator of everything. We can't impress him with stuff or checks no matter how big. You couldn't, you know, bowl God over with a check for a trillion dollars. What's a trillion dollars to him? He created all the gold in the planet. He creates planets. You can't impress him with that. But if it means something to you. Oh, come on. Can you see this? The heart of the giver determines the value and acceptability of the gift. If it doesn't mean anything to you, it doesn't mean anything to him. If you don't honor him, you won't be honored. Come on, can you see this? Now, one of the most wonderful stories about this accounts in the word of God is the account of the woman that brought the alabaster box of ointment you remember that and gave it to Jesus we're going to look at this but uh, I have said talking about this that people quote and say you know looking at money spent on buildings and TV and especially something like an airplane and go oh that just disgusts me that could have been given to the poor that should have been given to the poor have you ever heard this and I have said That is a quote from the Bible. 
This should have been sold and given to the poor. However, it is not a quote by Jesus. It is a quote from Judas Iscariot. Is that right? This should have been sold and given to the poor. Is a quote from Judas Iscariot. And it came across my my desk the other day. I, I don't usually hear these things. I endeavor to avoid some of this stuff. But this guy was really upset with me. Because I said, Judas Iscariot said, this should have been sold and given to the poor. Oh man, he was upset that I would say such a blasphemous thing. Because it should be sold and given to the poor. Well, now, why would he be mad? Because Judas said something. I didn't, I'm not making this up, you know. I mean, Judas is the one that said it. And I had mentioned to you on Monday night, this has been something that's gone over in me for years now, ever since I learned a little bit about prosperity and about God's will uh, is abundance and about sowing and reaping and these things. We got so, Phyllis and I got, got so excited about it And yet, immediately, you begin to run into people that will just get fighting mad over this stuff. Is that right? Oh, man, they get livid. They they, they can get violent. I had a guy meet me out in the parking lot one time, years ago. I thought he was going to take a swing at me. He was so mad. I mean, all he could do to keep from cussing. I mean, he was, you know, over what? He said, I kept using the word rich. Rich. And if that wasn't right, that ain't right. Well, I said, which verse are you talking about? (laughs) There are people, they don't care what the Bible says. They don't care what God said. They believe what they believe. And that's the way it is. (laughs) Well, we made it out of the parking lot without a conflict, but... You know, I was saying God gives us richly all things to enjoy. Things like that. Well, that's scripture. Why would people get so mad over scripture? Why did Cain get so murderously, went into a murderous depression and a rage and wound up killing his baby brother? Why? Because Abel gave an extravagant offering. And we saw what the problem was. Why did he kill him? First John tells you why he killed him. Because his brother's work was righteous. And his was evil. He did it because his brother's extravagant offering. Showed up Cain's lack of love. And lack of honor and respect. And that's still why people get so angry today. In their heart, they know they should love God like that too. But they're not willing to repent or change. So they want to blame it on something else. But, I want you to say it out loud. But, but I, I am not ashamed, am not ashamed of, the gospel of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. I want to read every one of these passages. And there's three, four, five verses on each one. Uh, you got time for that, don't you? Yes. 
Matthew 26, verse 1. Said out loud as you approach this, approach it like it's a treasure, because it is. And said out loud, Lord, open my eyes. Help me to see truth from this that I have not seen. When the New Testament records something four and five and multiple times, should you pay attention to it? Should you think, man, this is significant? In uh, Matthew 26, verse 1, it came to pass when Jesus had finished all these sayings, he said to his disciples, You know that after two days is the feast of the Passover. Everybody say, After two days. Keep us in mind. And the Son of Man is betrayed to be crucified. Then assembled together the chief priests and the scribes and elders of the people unto the palace of the high priest who was called Caiaphas and consulted that they might take Jesus by subtlety and kill him. But they said not on the feast day lest there be an uproar among the people. So they have already made the decision. He has got to go. They are going to kill him. They're just trying to figure out how. And now when Jesus was in Bethany in the house of Simon the leper. Whose house is he in? Simon the leper's house two days before the Passover. There came to him a woman having an alabaster box of very precious ointment. Everybody say very precious. And she poured it on his head as he said it meat. But when his disciples saw it they had indignation indignation they said to what purpose is this waste waste for this ointment might have been sold for much and given to the poor when Jesus understood it he said to them you're exactly right this is what I've been trying to tell y'all All this extravagant stuff is wasteful. And you need to put everything you can into helping the poor. Haven't I taught you better than this? Wouldn't it have been the perfect place to straighten this out though? If that's what he taught. He didn't say that. What you just heard is religious idea. Millions of people believe it. But it's contrary to what Jesus said. Jesus, when he understood it, he said, why are you troubling this woman? For she has wrought a good work upon me. He calls what she did a good work. And it was not helping the poor a good work. And yet he calls it a good work. A good work. For you have the poor always with you, but me you have not always. For in that she has poured this ointment on my body, she did it for my burial. Verily I say to you, wheresoever this gospel shall be preached in the whole world, that this also, this, that this woman has done, will be told for a memorial of her. And we are talking about it all these years later. In Branson, Sarasota, and over the internet. God saw to it that this is recorded for posterity. What was recorded? This woman's 
extravagant gift. This very expensive gift. Alabaster box of ointment. The box was a fine grain stone that was sealed. It might have been translucent white, could have been green or another color, kind of like marble. And the ointment possibly imported from northern India or maybe another place, but you got to understand, imported meant months on a camel. Are you listening? I mean, this you didn't come by this easily. And historians and folks tell us that this kind of thing was something that could have been an heirloom passed down from mother to daughter. It was something a woman might keep until her wedding or might keep beyond that and pass it on to her daughter. These are very precious, valuable things. And we're told how much it was worth. We're going to see that in just a moment. But she took it and didn't save it. How many of you need to watch about saving stuff? <laughs> saving until when? A lot of times people are gone from the earth. Is that right? And <laughs> saved it for what? And then somebody got it that didn't appreciate it. You got to watch about things collecting dust in your closet. Things just sitting in your garage for years. Come on, are you listening? Things just sitting in your in your jewelry box. We are here for such a short, short period of time, and all of the, none of this stuff are we taking with us. None of it. And nobody else is. And in a short amount of time, all of it's going to melt with fervent heat. Is that right? And if the Lord prompted us, and it could have brought a smile to somebody, or it could have made somebody feel special. Come on, are you with me? Or valuable or important. Hallelujah. A big offering can do that. Can't it? A nice thing, a, a nice piece of jewelry, a a nice car, whatever the case might be. It's, it's not that it's so valuable in itself. If it meant something to you. And it was a big thing to you. Then the honor is real. And lasting. Keep reading. Then one of the twelve. This is connected. Judas Iscariot went to the chief priests and said to them, what will you give me? And I will deliver him to you. And they covenanted with him for 30 pieces of silver. These two are directly connected. What will you give me? They covenanted with him for 30 pieces of silver. And from that time he sought opportunity to betray him. Go to uh, Mark the 14th chapter. Let's read Mark's account. And this is the same, Mark's account of the same happening. Mark 14. Light is manifesting. 
Mark 14, after two days, see that same phrase? After two days was the Passover, the unleavened bread. This is the same account we read in Matthew. Happened same time, happened same place, same thing. The chief priests and scribes sought how they might take him by craft and put him to death. But they said, not on the feast day, lest there be an uproar of the people. Now being in Bethany in the house of Simon the leper, that's what we saw in Matthew, right? Simon's house. As he sat at meat, there came a woman having an alabaster box of ointment of spikenard, very precious. The Bible does not exaggerate. And she broke the box and poured it on his head. That's one of the things that made it so special. It was sealed. And it was a one-time deal. When you broke it, you broke it. And out come the contents. And uh, the, both the box and especially the contents are very valuable. She broke the box and poured it on his head. And there were some that had indignation within themselves. And said, why was this waste of the ointment made? This what? Waste. 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 I want you to say this phrase. Wasted on Jesus. Wasted on Jesus. Wasted on Jesus. I want you to say this phrase. Wasted on the Word. Same thing. Same thing. Why was this waste of the ointment made? For it might have been sold for more than 300 pence. And have been given to the poor, and they murmured against her. Now, here we get the amount. 300, this is why I'm wanting to read all of them, because one will give something the other one doesn't give. One just said it was expensive. Mark told you how expensive. Penny is what you see in the King James, or pence. And it doesn't mean a penny, though. It was the, the average pay for a worker working all day. And by today's standard, it's probably about $100. And 300 pence, they would, that is a year minus the Sabbaths and the holy days. It's a year's wage is what this is. And I figure conservatively, you're talking $30,000. Conservatively. Everybody say 30,000. 30, and uh, they said it could have been sold for $30,000 and given to the poor. And they murmured against her. And Jesus said, What? Let her alone. Why are you troubling her? What would he say today? Is he not the same yesterday, today, and forever? What would he say? Leave them alone. Leave, leave what alone? Extravagant giving on the master. Extravagant giving on the word. Someone said, yeah, but that was Jesus. And he said, if you receive whom I send. Did he say it or not? If you receive whom I send, you receive me. If you receive me, you receive the one who sent me. The devil hates this. Oh, he hates it. 
Which is why we're getting all into it tonight. We are getting all into it tonight. (laughs) He's fooled. Deceived. Most of the church. About what we're talking about tonight. He said leave her alone. Why are you troubling her? She has wrought a what? A good work. Blowing $30,000 on a preacher is a good work. (laughs) This is not meeting a need. This is not feeding anybody, housing anybody. Come on, are you with me or not? Wouldn't it have been a perfect place for Jesus to reinforce what everybody says he believes. Wouldn't it have been the perfect place for him to say. Dear daughter, daughter. Haven't I taught you better. Blowing this like this. It would have been the perfect place. But it wouldn't have been true. It, wouldn't, it wasn't him. We need our mind renewed. To what is a good work. Yes, feeding somebody that's hungry is a good work. But it's not the only good work. This is a good work. Don't be concerned. We've already received the offering. No, there's not going to be any any pull for anything. (laughs) She has wrought a good work on me. For you have the poor with you always. And whensoever you will, you may do them good. But me, you have not always. She has done what she could. She is come aforehand to anoint my body to the burying. Scripture says if a seed, a grain of wheat, doesn't die, it abides alone. But if it falls into the ground and dies, that's a planting of a seed. It brings forth much fruit. She didn't know it. But she came and anointed the seed. For planting. That was part of the big tree. Did you hear that? Did you hear, did you hear what? It, part of the big tree. One of the branches. Laid there. Somebody say I am not ashamed. Of the gospel of Jesus Christ. I'm not ashamed of the word of God. He said she has done what she could. That's all any of us can do. We can't do something beyond our ability at the present. But the Lord's not looking at the amount. Is he? He's looking at the heart. This is so precious to the Lord. He rebukes all his disciples. Commands them to leave her alone and shut up. And informs them. That he's going to see to it. That everywhere in the earth. For the rest of the time of the planet. And all the succeeding generations. Everybody is going to know. What this woman did. With her alabaster box of oil. You know why? Because she honored him. She honored 
him. She honored the gift of the Father. She honored the living word of God. She honored the ministry and what it had done for others and for her. It was completely right that she did what she did. And Jesus' own staff were blind to it. Stood right there and got caught up in this lie about helping the poor. And tried to shame her for making a big deal out of the living word. Out of the word of God. Out of the ministry. Out of Jesus. His own staff. Preachers. Ministers. Got caught up in the confusion and deception. And tried to shame her for honoring the seed of the word. Keep reading. He said... For the poor, verse 7, for the poor, you have the poor with you always. Whensoever you will, you can do them good. But me, you have not always. They were saying the poor are more important than the word. He said, you leave her alone. You stop this. This has been one of the most successful Strategies of the enemy in the body of Christ for generations. People have bought this hook, line, and sinker. And have even made of none effect the word of God, the gospel, and have in its place preached a salvation by charity message. I heard somebody on TV just a couple of weeks ago affirming that that's what Jesus taught. That the way to heaven was helping the poor. That's a replacement for the gospel. It sounds so good. Who would argue with helping the poor? It's a lie from the pit. Jesus did not preach. Salvation by charity. No, no sir. No, ma'am. And helping the poor, as great as it is, is not the Great Commission. That's right. Can anybody tell me about the Great Commission? Mark 16. Go into all the world and feed people, clothe people, build houses. Could he have said it? Could he have said that? If that's what he wanted, if that was the main thing? Could he have said it? Yes. What did he say? Go into all the world and preach. 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 This scares the devil. The preaching part? Because he knows. 
I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believes God has chosen by the foolishness of preaching to save mankind. Hallelujah. Matthew said, go into all the world and teach. All men, making disciples. What is the Great Commission? What is the prime, the main directive of the church? Preaching and teaching. That's the most important. More important than helping the poor. That was another limb of the tree. Somebody said, no, you didn't say that. You heard me loud and clear. I want you to say, I am not ashamed ashamed of the gospel of of Jesus Christ. Christ. We need to read some more. He said, verse 9, Verily I say to you, wheresoever this gospel shall be preached throughout the whole world, this also that she has done shall be spoken of for a memorial of her. And it's happening right now. Right now. Everybody say, Sister. Sister. We salute you. you. She did it. Now, there's more than one instance of someone anointing Jesus with oil. In Luke, in fact, go there to Luke. Reason why we're taking the time to read these. Luke 7, 36. And uh, I'm just going to tell you ahead of time, you know, this will make some people mad. <laughs> you thinking about preaching it later? I just, you know, be, be ready. But it'll also make some people free. Free. Ha <laughs> ha. And I put up with some mad to get some free. Luke 7, 36. One of the Pharisees desired him that he would eat with him. And he went to the Pharisee's house and sat down to meet. Is this Simon and Leper's house? No. No? It's Pharisee's house. Behold, a woman in the city which was a sinner, which knew that Jesus sat at meat in the Pharisee's house, brought an alabaster box of ointment. So there was more than one box of alabaster, <laughs> box of ointment in the cities. She stood at his feet behind him weeping and began to wash his feet with tears and did wipe them with the hairs of her head and kissed his feet and anointed them with the ointment. This is not the same instance we just read in Matthew and Mark. And uh, the Pharisee which had bidden him saw it and spoke within himself. He didn't even say this out loud. He said it within himself. He said, this man, if he were a prophet, would have known who and what manner of woman this is that touches him. For she is a sinner. How much does he value Jesus? He said, if he was a prophet, he was a real disrespectful. And... uh, Jesus answered, answered what? He didn't say anything. (laughs) But he did on the inside. 
Spirit of God told him. He said, Simon, I have something to say to you. He said, Master, say on, because he don't know what he's going to say. <laughs> say on. He said, there was a certain creditor which had two debtors. The one owed 500 pence. Now, 300 pence is $30,000. 500 pence is also given as a debt that you possibly couldn't pay back. This is a large amount of money. Can you see all this is about value? Keeps talking about money and value. And the other 50, which wouldn't have been a lot of money. When they had nothing to pay, he frankly forgave them both. Tell me, therefore, which of them will love him the most? Simon said, I suppose he to whom he forgave the most. He said, you have judged rightly. And he might have been feeling pretty good about himself, but it didn't last long. (laughs) He turned to the woman. He said, Simon, you see this woman? Mm Mm-hmm. I entered into your house. You gave me no water for my feet. She's washed my feet with tears and wiped them with the hairs of her head. You gave me no kiss. But this woman, since the time I came in, has not ceased to kiss my feet. My head with oil, you did not anoint. But this woman has anointed my feet with ointment. Wherefore I say to you, her sins which are many are forgiven, for she loved much. But to whom little is forgiven, the same loves little. What was the Pharisee's problem in that he is judging her and finding fault with her extravagant gift? He loves little. She loves much. The greatest expression of love is giving. For God so loved the world that he what? Gave. Gave. And what did he give us? What did he give us? The greatest gift that has ever been given. The Bible said glory to God for his unspeakable gift. Too valuable for words. He's expressed his love to us. Do people fuss over tithing? They get mad because some of us gave a big offering. I'm talking about you. Giving a good offering. What's the problem? Greater love shows up little love. Greater honor shows up lack of honor. And when you see it, and you know it's right in your heart if you'll admit it, you're either going to repent and jump in there yourself, start doing that too, Or you're going to harden your heart. And you're going to get bitter. And the moment you do that, the enemy's going to come to feed you lies. And he's going to tell you, ah, they're just doing this for that reason and the other. And it's just a bunch of junk. And all they're doing is lying in their pockets and all this kind of... And there are some crooks out there. You got the Holy Spirit, you'll stay away from them. You won't give anything there. But it doesn't do away with the real. And the reason people, you know, they never find the place they like. They never find anybody they believe in. It's always some reason why they don't do anything. And they don't do anything. And they don't do anything. They don't give their time. They don't give their service. They don't give their money. They don't give their stuff. Because they haven't given their heart. 
And if we've given our heart more and somebody else is mad at us about it, that's their problem, not mine. And I'm not going to let them shame me. Oh, come on, are y'all listening? I am not going to receive it. Come on, say it out loud again. I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ. You might say, what's that got to do with this? I'm, I'm setting you up. I'm getting you there. We're, we're getting there. <laughs> we can see at least two instances where somebody brought one of these very expensive boxes of ointment. Go to John. John, the uh, 12th chapter. I see possibly a third instance here. I know some people say it's the same one, but... You read it and see what you think. Either way, truth is the same. John 12. John 12 and 1. Then Jesus, when? When? When was that first one? Two days. days. (laughs) Before the Come on, did you see that? There's a reason for every word in here, isn't there? Came before the Passover, Jesus came to Bethany where Lazarus was, which had been dead, whom he raised from the dead. Keep going. And that there they made him a supper, and Martha served, but Lazarus was one of them that sat at the table with him. Didn't say there at Simon Leper's house. Sounds like they're at Martha's house. Either way, I wouldn't argue with you about it, but uh, (laughs) there's definitely some differences here. Then took Mary a pound of ointment. I don't know what the others were, but you know, a lot of perfumes come in ounces. Here's a pound. (laughs) Ointment of spikenard. Very costly. We'd say today, very expensive. Somebody say, very expensive. Very expensive. And anointed the feet of Jesus. And wiped his feet with her hair. And the house was filled. With honor. (laughs) With the odor, or we'd say fragrance, of the ointment. Then said one of his disciples, Judas Iscariot, Simon's son, which should betray him. Why bring that up now? Because that's exactly what's happening. Why was not this ointment sold For 300 pence, $30,000 or more, and given to the poor. This he said, not that he cared for the poor. The Bible uses a phrase. Don't turn there. 1 Thessalonians, you hold your place. 1 Thessalonians 2.5 mentions the phrase, a cloak of covetousness. A cloak of covetousness. The Amplified says, a cloak to conceal greedy motives. The complete Jewish says, putting on a false front to mask greed. Judas' statements about caring for the poor were actually a cloak trying to cover his covetousness. Why did he get upset? Wasn't about the poor. It was about the money. 
He got upset over the money. And the talk about the poor was hypocrisy. Had nothing to do with caring for the poor. Wonder if any of that's still going on today. But now now here's the, the thing about it. It was so subtle that the other disciples were bought into it. He was the leader of it, obviously. It calls him by name. But in the other accounts, it mentions that the other disciples joined it. They said, yeah, that's right. That's right. Now, let's analyze this. Jesus is sitting here. This woman comes in. She put yourself in the room. Now, we know him as the master, king of kings, lord of lords. They did not see him that way. They saw his body. They're with him day and night. All the, 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 the cross and resurrection hadn't happened. Come on, are y'all with me? You understand? You've got you to put yourself there in a different perspective. Somebody comes in by today's standard, I don't know, $50,000, $100,000, and goes, boom. What does it feel like in the room? Everybody's surprised. They're going, how much was that? <laughs> really? And then Jesus' own staff, his treasurer, speaks up right out loud and says, What a waste! A waste. How insulting is this to this woman? He has despised her. He has despised her hearing from God. He has despised what she has done. Look what else he has done though. This is his master. You're going to speak up in front of him. And you're going to teach him. That he should not have accepted this. And should have given it to the poor. Which is why it enters the phrase. Which is about to betray him. When Jesus called Judas to come help him back years before, it wasn't like this. He saw something in Judas. There were some good things in the man. And Judas was so excited to be on the team. And he respected Jesus. And he respected the word. And he loved being in the services. And seeing the healings and the miracles. He was so excited. But over the course of the last several months. Or ever how long I don't know. He had lost respect. For Jesus. And valued him less. And less. And less. And it's easy for us to sit here and judge. But it's happened again and again and again and again. Jesus said don't judge according to appearances. But judge righteous judgment. Paul said I don't judge after the flesh anymore. What does that mean? It's so easy to. You get used to being around people. You see them. And I don't believe. Paul said this. He said Demas has forsaken us. Having loved this present world. I don't believe Jesus or Demas 
excuse me, Jesus or Paul, did anything to make those men disrespect them or think less of them? Do you believe Jesus did something that was wrong and caused Judas to lose respect for No, he did not. So you don't have to do something wrong for people to lose respect for you. All that has to happen is for the devil come and start lying. And you start listening to it. Why did Judas do this? I've heard some people say some stupid things about the Lord was kind of secretly telling him, you have to do this. I know you don't want to, but you need to go and, and it's part of the plan. And no, 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 no. Amen. Judas betrayed him. And Jesus said, it's better for that man if he hadn't been born. This is serious stuff. Why did Judas do it? Can anybody help me? It's too simple. It is too simple. For the money. For the money. Never underestimate covetousness. People that you would not think will lie over $20. Don't underestimate covetousness. The love of money is the root of all kinds, all manners of evil. This had chafed him. It had happened more than once. Somebody came in and dumped $30,000, $40,000, and it ain't going in the bag, and he can't steal it. Come on, can you see this? It's the money. He wants the money. Why do people get so mad if we have a million dollar offering? And talk about you should have done this, you should have done that. Well, if we'd have done what you said, there wouldn't be no church here. Never would have started. It ain't built on what you think. Wasn't started on what you think, wasn't built on what you think. Yeah, but you should have. Okay, you want to do something for the poor. What's that got to do with us? See, the only reason you would get mad is because you love money. And it chafes you that somebody else is getting that money. And you want that money because you love that money. And what that money could do for your life. Have you ever heard people say stuff like this? If I just had the paintings hanging on that rich man's house. If I, had that, if I just had the money he throws away. You are coveting his money. You love money. All people say, oh no, no, I care about the poor. Sounds like somebody else. That we, that we read about. Keep reading. He said, not that he cared for the poor, but because he was a thief and had the bag and bear what was put therein. Some translations say pilfered. One says helped himself. 
You know, they must have had some money. Elsewise, if you only got five dollars and somebody takes one, you're going to miss it, right? They must have had some amount. He could steal and they didn't notice it. Jesus said, let her alone. Against the day of my bearing has she kept this. For the poor always you have with you, but me you have not always. Now, now stop here at verse 8. What did Jesus say? He said three, at least three, really big things right here. Ready for the rest of that tree to fall? I hear it cracking. Tell, tell, tell you. Tell, tell your neighbor, timber, timber. <laughs> Je- Jesus said, is everybody listening? He said, leave her alone. Red letters. If you think somebody's missing it, doing something big, doing something extravagant, you just need to remind yourself, I am not their judge. I don't know what the Lord told them to do. Come on, is that right? You can waste your seed. You can miss God. But the Lord looks at your heart. And if you're trying to show honor and respect, I'd rather miss it that way than miss it the other way. Because you don't care, don't love God, don't show respect. Leave her alone. He said, she has done a good work. Man, a lot of folks, they would never call this a good work. Would they? They would never call. Yeah, you know, clothing somebody, feeding somebody, that's a good work. But not this. Especially not on a preacher. It's a waste. Everybody say a waste. waste. This is extremely disrespectful. This is devaluing and despising to the bottom. Come on, put yourself in the place. What if, what if you're sitting there? And I came by and handed you a thousand dollars. You heard somebody around you saying, "That's the biggest waste I ever seen in my life." <laughs> you talk about throwing money away. What are they saying about you? He's saying the poor is worth $30,000, but not you. How much is he worth? 30 pieces of silver, which is maybe $3,000. Some people put it a lot less than that. They bought a small field with it, not a farm, a bad piece of ground where they buried people that couldn't afford a burial. He wanted that 30,000. He wanted that 20,000, that 40,000. He wanted it. It made him mad. He couldn't get away from it. And that last one was just the straw that broke the camel's back. And as soon as he could, he got out of there and he went straight to the people that hated Jesus the most and he said, how much will you give me? And it was prophesied, wasn't it? The goodly price they valued of me, the prophet said, hundreds of years before, 30 pieces of silver. 
pitiful price. Nothing price. Is this about honor or total lack of honor? I know the first nice house I told you about, about that one in, in uh, Tulsa that the Lord helped Phyllis and I get. We believed for it for 20 years. And it was supernatural how we got it. It was nice. It was 5,000 square feet, had a big swimming pool, had a tennis court, seven car garage. Yeah, buddy. And we paid a half, third of what it was worth. God did us a deal, friends. I mean, it was supernatural. And how the money came in and everything. We were so ecstatic. And I went, not long after that, we got the house. I'd been out of town for a few weeks and I came back in and went to get my hair cut at the salon. And the lady was cutting my hair. She said, Brother Keith, I'm going to tell you something. I don't really want to. Really, she didn't have to. But uh, <laughs> She said, it kind of made me mad. I said, what? She said, well, there were some folks in here talking over there. They said, have you seen that, that, that house that Keith and Phyllis Moore got? And uh, said, no. So we drove around it, covered half the block. You know, it, it, was, it was in the middle of the curve. And you just kept driving around it. You know? <laughs> it was on, what, an acre and a half? Nice. And uh, and she said, they said, that's just too much. That's just too much. Too much for who? What are, what are they saying? Whether they, whether they realize it or not. That's too nice for them. That's what they're saying. What was Judas saying about that with Jesus? This is a waste on you. This is too nice for you. Too nice for Jesus. Too nice for the word. That's what folks are saying. That's too nice for a church. You don't need all that. Too nice. Spending too much. Despising. Disdain. When Brother Jesse got his airplane that he has now. This was over 10 years ago. They told us they had just got it. They were going to be close by in a neighboring town and going to land. Could we come and celebrate with them and pray over it? And Oh yeah, 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 yeah. So we jumped in the car. We went. They come and brought it in. It was several years old and it was a, you know, super mid-size. Not the biggest, but nice. I mean, better than most we'd ever seen. And, uh, man, we got in there, sat down, shouted and prayed and said hallelujah and uh, just overjoyed. It was nice. They showed us the people. The people they got, got it from had, had made this china and stuff in it and the glass was etched and uh, nice leather. So, oh, man, nice, beautiful paint job. We are just thrilled, 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 thrilled. And I came out, and we're getting standing around, and one of the line guys that worked at the FBO there, he came by. He knew me and Brother Jesse both. He was thrilled. He was happy to see us when I got there. But when we got out of the plane, he looks mad and upset. And I come by, and he said, ain't right, Brother Keith. I said, what? He said, you see them guys over there? 
They're over there cussing, making fun of y'all. Saying, what in the blankety blank blank does a preacher need with a jet? Disgust me. He said, he said, they said one more time, I'm going to pop them. <laughs> I, said, I said, no, no, no. <laughs> I said, no, no, don't, don't. I, I actually reached over and got his arm. I said, look, look at it. Because <laughs> he, was, he was fiery, man. Because they done, they done rubbed him the wrong way. And, and uh, I, I, it came up out of my spirit. I didn't even think of it. I said, no. They just don't value what we do. They put no value in what we do. And I didn't say it, but they, they put no value in what we are. They despise what we are. They despise what we do. There was a plane sitting right beside it. Would make three of Brother Jesse's size-wise. Was brand spanking new. Owned by Dillard Corporation. Nobody was mad. About Dillard's airplane. Why? Because underwear and household goods. Clothes. That's simple. Right? And I'm not knocking. I'm glad for them. I'm, I wish I had five. I don't care. I'm, I'm happy for them. But what are they saying? But preaching the gospel, preaching the word, that's a total waste. That's a total waste. Jesus said, leave her alone. Jesus said, she's done a good work. Jesus said, you have the poor with you always. You can do something for them anytime you want to. But you won't always have me with you. What does that mean? The poor are not more important than the word. And in this life, we will not be able to solve the poverty problem. We are to do things, and it's wonderful to do that. If you love people and they're hurting, you want to help them. But that is not more important than the Word. Somebody say, I'm not ashamed of the gospel. See, what people have pushed is that the poor are more important than the gospel. The poor are more important than the Word. It's great to spend money on the poor, but don't spend money on preaching and the gospel and the word. That's a waste. That's a waste. Jesus was quoting when he said that. He's quoting from the word in Deuteronomy. He's quoting Deuteronomy 15, 1 through 4. He's telling them what to do about having a release every seven years. And verse 4, save when there shall be no poor among you. For the Lord shall greatly bless you in the land which the Lord your God gives you for an inheritance to possess it. God's perfect will is that there be no poor. None. But then you get down to verse 11. Notice what it says. 
Verse 11. For the poor shall never cease out of the land. Therefore, open your hand. Listen to BBE says, there will never be a time when there are no poor in the land. The message says, there's always going to be poor and needy people among you, so I command you, always be generous. There's not going to be a government program or any other kind of program that eradicates poverty. I wish it would be. But it's not. The Bible says it's not. Jesus said, you're always going to have the poor with you. And he said, you can help them anytime you want to. You don't have to have a special word from the Lord. Come on, are y'all listening? You can help them anytime you want to. But I'm going to paraphrase a little bit. But don't act like that's more important than the word of God. This is the big tree. Don't act like that's more important and more valuable and more precious than the Word of God. Why? I'm going to tell you why. We just sowed a bunch of money for that truck to go dig water wells. I'm happy about it. I want to do more. But, but, they show up. And this is the poor. These folks are so poor. They don't have decent water to drink. And they can't get enough money uh, among them to dig a decent well. Now this is poverty. So the truck goes in there. Digs the well. We got good water. Hallelujah. But you ain't done. You ain't done. You bring truckloads of food in there. Great, great. You ain't done. Come on y'all with me. You, you get some clothes, you get some house. That's wonderful, that's good. But man cannot be man's provider. Man cannot do it. Never was intended to be. This guy, this kid out here, drinking this fresh water, he's happy about it. But is he supposed to grow up and believe he's dependent on somebody's kindness the rest of his life? This is his lot in life? As precious as it is helping the poor, there's something that's more precious. Oh, and it is the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. And that boy and that girl, that young man, that old man, they can hear the word of God. It can come into them and he can raise them up out of the dung hill and set them with princes. That's more valuable than helping the poor. I heard the big tree fall. Oh, Jesus. I come from a humble place. Most of you came from a humble place. God has brought me up. God has raised me up. It wasn't me finally getting somebody to help me that did it. It wasn't me qualifying for the right program. Come on, y'all listening to me. It was not that. I heard the gospel. Oh, put up Luke 4.18 on the screen. 
The Spirit of the Lord is on me, and He is, because He's anointed me to do what for the poor? Do what for? Preach the gospel to the poor. Mary, come in, broke that alabaster box, dumped that thirty, forty, fifty thousand dollars on Jesus. Why? No program could help them. Her brother's laying in the grave dead. Come on, are you listening to me? Dead and stiff. There ain't no program going to help them. There ain't nothing to help them. But the living word of God came in there. Hallelujah. And he was raised from the dead and healed. Glory to God. And she's honoring that word. She's honoring that word. That word, that anointed seed of the word of God. And they pipe up and say, what a waste. Should have been given to the poor. What is the gospel to the poor? Now see, much of religion will tell you that, you know, believe in Jesus and you won't have to go to hell. That ain't the gospel to the poor. That's gospel to the lost. (laughs) Gospel means good news. Gospel to the lost is he took your sins. He became sin with your sin. And you, if you'll believe it, you've been made the righteousness of God in Christ. That's good news. I said that's good news. When you're mired in sin. What's good news to the sick man? And people will say. Well Jesus took your sins. No. If you're already saved. You received that. You know that. That ain't good news to the sick man. What's good news to the sick man? Jesus took your infirmities. He bore your sicknesses. He carried your pains. Hallelujah. Now a lot of people. They believe in telling folks that are poor, people that are, you know, don't have enough to eat, don't have good water to drink. You've got to tell them the gospel. But they only mean part of the gospel. And people need to hear that he bore their sins so they could be saved. But there's something else a poor man can hear. He's anointed. Put it back on the screen. He's anointed me. To preach the gospel to the poor. He sent me to heal the brokenhearted. Preach deliverance to the captive. Can you see? This is not a natural feeding program as nice as those things are. This is preaching. This is teaching. And the world calls it foolish. They call it a waste. But they're wrong. I said they're wrong. It's more important than any program that could ever go on. It's the only thing that'll get you out of sin. It's the only thing that'll heal your body supernaturally. It's the only thing that'll deliver you from bondages and habits and oppression and death. And it's the only thing that'll lift you up out of the gutter of poverty. And I don't care where you are. 
Or how many generations your family's been there? Nothing is too hard for the Lord. Nothing. Nothing. So when you preach, Jesus became sin with your sin. He bore the chastisement of your peace. He took your infirmities and bore your sicknesses. There's another verse. There's another verse that's true too. Though he was rich, you, you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. Though he was rich, yet for your sakes, he became poor so that you, through his poverty, might be rich. I want that little boy. I want that little girl. To have a good cup of clean water. I want them to get something in their little bellies. I want them to get something on their back. But that ain't the end. I said that ain't the end. That is not the end. That's the beginning. There's only one thing. There's only one thing. That will bring them out of that. And it's the same thing. That happened to you. And happened to me. It's that same wonderful. Gospel. That same anointed word of God. Do not let the haters, I'm talking about religious haters and shamers, influence you like Judas influenced Jesus' disciples. Don't let them come in. I mean, you know, and if you lie and you steal, well, you're doing wrong. But if you obeyed God and you sowed seed and He brought it into you and you sowed a big seed, and somebody's got a problem with it. Well that's their problem not yours. And they do have a problem. If it bothers them because you love God more than them. They need to repent and get over it. If it bothers them because you honor more than they do. They need to just repent and get a revelation. But you do. You won't help them by yielding. And apologizing. And hiding. And co- come on say it again. It'll mean a lot this time. I am not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And part of that gospel is he was made poor so you could be rich. Hallelujah. Woo. Stand on your feet everybody. Stand up. Oh. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Oh, thank you, Master. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Just lift your hands and praise Him. Give glory. Give glory to God. Give thanks to Jesus. Praise you, Lord. Praise you, Lord. Praise you, Lord. Oh, hallelujah. Praise you, Lord. 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 Oh, just keep playing. Just, just, let's worship Him for just a moment. Lord, we adore You. Lord, we magnify You. Lord, we give glory to You. We give glory and honor to Your Holy Word. Oh, hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. 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 Praise. 
praise you, Lord. 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 Hallelujah. Oh, how wonderful. Oh, hallelujah. Just keep praising Him. How wonderful. How glorious. How magnificent. Oh, thank you. Thank you, 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 thank you. Hallelujah. This ministry has been brought to you today free of charge by the partners of More Life Ministries and Faith Life Church. If you would like to help send this word to others at no charge, you can become a word sender today. For more information, visit our website at morelife.org.